Testing, testing, one, two, three. Newtown Blues, Glory Days podcast. Introduces in no particular order. We have wing forward Robert Carr and midfielder picked up his fifth Joe Ward medal, John Commode, and man of the match in the senior final, Alan Connor. A couple of months now from winning the championships, nearly into a new season. The three in a row, how does it feel? Like, does it has it sunk in the actual achievement itself? I suppose um, it hasn't really sunk in yet. It's probably a little bit starting to sink in. You know, it's been talked about a lot. It's dying down, and it's only when you really think back when you finish up playing football that we're all really sinking what three and all really matters. Um, as we kind of said, as we were going through the year, people were mentioning to us, and it wasn't really something that we were saying, well, we need to win three and all, we need to do this. It was just always something there, but I think the true appreciation was sinking when we finish up playing. Was it mentioned throughout the year? Did you just mention or not mention or did you just talk about the elephant in the room or was it an elephant in the room? I didn't hear too much talk about it now. So in my, like, we, I wasn't to me, it was just another championship to go out and win that we wanted to win with, you know, another championship. We didn't really have that feeling of ever wanting to lose a game, whether it was the next game or the next game. Just, just keep winning. And we felt like as long as the championship's there, to be one, like make hay with the sunshine, so get as many as we can. So that's the way we went. That's the experience coming yeah. in there, John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I suppose, like, the year that was in it, there was, there was a lot of comparisons with the dubs. They were going five in a row, used to going for three in a row, hadn't been done a long time now. The Blues never done it. The Sky Blue jerseys, the forward attacking football. Do you like that comparison, or is that just something I is? Or? Um, I think any time you're compared to Dubs is nice, but it's probably a bit unrealistic at the same time. Like they're probably the greatest football team that's ever played. And then you're comparing them to ourselves, which obviously is chalk and cheese, really, when you look at it at the end of the day. Um, I think we just try and do everything ourselves. You know? We don't really worry about anything else. Like, just try and keep the heads down. Like, people are talking, they're talking, but like, we try to just ignore everything that comes along. Yeah, I suppose the study is a good stead. Like doing the three in a row it's kind of like the back on the treadmill is they're used to winning like and as a club is they're used to winning as well so it wouldn't be you know an overly big deal in in, well, in this club more so than any other perhaps I wouldn't say that because no, it wasn't done until like the 1670s any talk that was done was, wasn't by ourselves it was more by I suppose the, 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 as you'd say the Blues legends you know they yeah. were kind of talking a bit like in the social circles when they're out uh, having a few drinks and that you know how good it would be and it wasn't that complacent they're quick to put in your place aren't they very the Blues legends the around here yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I got that myself when I came in the door so I suppose we look at the campaign as a whole um, maybe the league form was a bit, little bit touch a little bit on the league in this year in that a slow kind of boner was it Alan 
yeah, I suppose they're missing a lot of lads due to inter-county commitments, a few injuries at the start of the year and just other commitments in general, but like we still had the goods of a squad there, it just really didn't go for us in the early parts of the game, so we were, we were trying our best to win and we were trying to get a click together and I suppose, I think it was the Pats game up in Lordship could have been fifth game was our first win. I think really that was more like a catalyst kind of for the whole season. I think the next day we went out to Cooley, got another win away there, and put it things ticked on from them. But yeah, it was it was a tough start to the season. Were you? Did you? Were you? I know you weren't a regular starter last year. Is that where you were kind of blooded early on this year? Yeah, I wanted to play as much football as I can and get as much kind of experience at the senior level under my belt, and then just try first of all get me spot on the team, and then second of all just maintain it. I, giving it me all every time, despite if it was junior, if it was Paddy Sheehan in the early league, whenever, just to try get on the team and stay on the team. That was my main aim for the year. Because you look at the team and I was going through the programmes and that and what have you, like you, you lost an awful lot of experience this year. Like, so Norm stepped out, Moonen stepped away completely. He was, a, he was a captain in 2013 as well. Then switching goalkeeper as well. So there's a bit of disruption there. Yeah, I suppose I, suppose I would have felt that quite a bit like you know as, as you mentioned the players I would have kind of grew up playing with them yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and then you're, you're looking around and it's probably you know Norm's gone first it was Noon and McGinn was there McGinn was our impact player to always come off the bench he stepped away then and then stuff Jimmy was there Jimmy was, was like, Jimmy's a great player had a couple of injuries but he even stepped away then as well from the squad so kind of did have a big big impact I suppose on my own thinking as well of being around the club and yeah, yeah. you're saying that experience but I think you know it was a good time for that senior group to kind of step away in the sense that a lot of the younger players then became more of leaders. After in comparison, what it was when we probably done the force to the three in a row, you know. So yeah, yeah. They were vital at, at that part of I suppose the three in a row. And you're kind of in the middle, Rob. You're not yeah. in that elder group. No, you're not in, like there's two great minor teams. Yeah. One on the way and one on the. We won't get. We won't pick who's. <laughs> who's the better one? Times, eh? <laughs> Yeah, I sort of got stuck in the middle. There's not too many lads around my age. So I think I started playing when I was about 17. It was 2011 we got to see the final that year. But then again, there's not there's a few years there where no one really came through. That. Yeah, yeah. Until the lads started coming through, like we were sore. We were in a relegation battle one year, which sort of I think puts a bit of perspective on where we are now. Like that we we were we went to them lows, like so we just want to enjoy like, where we are now and like, keep and pushing did, on. Did you find that Alan, it was easy now to step in the dressing because you had all your minor yeah, and crew? Definitely more so than probably Rob stepping up, let's say, three or four years out. Yeah, you had to come in, yeah. I was stepping up with lads that I grew up playing with, so I knew them all and it was the same kind of atmosphere as, obviously different now, we had different players in, but I mean, you're sitting beside roughly the same lads, you know, from on the 14s up to the senior, so it did definitely help break the mould in. Seamless nearly with the boys, and like John has said, they're all coming in now. That's It's that whole new team and you're kind of, you're still hanging around. You're not retiring, John, no, anytime soon. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was no coming. Christmas and almost I'm back, I suppose, in the gym now. No, no exclusive. <laughs> and come here then. So he started off the mock this. I suppose the plucky underdogs, like they, they picked up a win the week before. Intermediate champions, Kieran Quinn, former manager. Was it was it tricky or was it? Was it on your minds? They're a good football inside, like uh, they have a lot of good athletes as well. Like you know, they all seem to be in good shape. Like they're a good team. Like but I think we just tried to 
put any of that to bed. Like, and just try and get a good start against them. I think we started that game quite well there. Just push on from there, trying to keep them popping. Yeah, they'll definitely be a team in the next this year and going forward. You know, I think they just needed that one year. Like, after coming up all so young, like if you look at the man, he's come up and they've won intermediate. They didn't, they took a year, you know, they had a bit yeah, of a right, yeah. He got to the pats and then he kicked on again. So I'd be expecting Moctis to kick on again. He just showed a little bit of inexperience, but again, it was only like a four or five point game in the end. So yeah, yeah. It was close in the end, like a few things we kind of done in the first half and he got the run them. You know, I think we'd experienced that the whole of the for most of the game, but you'd expect more than Marcus now this year. And then, and then you go the next game, the Gales, and that was from the outside. It looked fairly easy, Alan. No, I wouldn't say that. I'd say it was a, uh, it's a lot more of a dogfight sort of was. John, it was a very tough game to play in. Although the result was, the result wasn't really reflective of the game that I was playing in anyway. I thought that the defence, John, we had pushed very well. They have some brilliant forward players, more so in particular. Good team all around, but I mean, it's the Gales, you know, if you ask anyone in the county, it's always going to be a good battle and no one's really going to run away with a game, particularly against the Gales. I felt that's what it was. That's what and it was, and like, with, with the Gales, that game, you know, it was even enough, but the difference was Kieran Downey, Keyes Downey that day. I think he kicked nine points. That was nearly the day he kind of shone. That he stood up and says I'm probably the best forward, one of the best forwards in loud. Yeah, keys his head big enough. So <laughs> head, but, uh, yeah, you'd see, I'd see it all the time in training with keys. He just does things where you stand back and like, you know, just do that on Sunday plays and maybe grand. Exceptional gifted footballer, just serious pace and strength, and, like, even though he doesn't look, but he's a strong lad, he's a tall lad. Yeah, and then I suppose the Gales are the last team to beat us 15 games ago. And yourself and Kev weren't starting that day. Yeah. Still, I think that's the last time you didn't start. And yeah, myself. That's the last time you were back. I think that was the reason that they didn't win that day. But, um, we, got the thing, we, we got a couple of things wrong that day, I think. You know, quite a bit of inexperience. Andy wasn't playing as well. You know, Ross and Andy wasn't playing with him. Just, uh, we had the game, we were up at four or five and a half time. But I think I was touching on it. Like We never, ever have it easy with the Gales. Like, we've, I can't yeah. remember the last championship we played that we didn't have the Gales. And, just when you just have that familiarity with them, it's always going to be tough. You know, always we've always had a tough. I'd say they probably beat us the most in the last couple of years in, in championship football. You know? mm. They've beaten us, but they beat us as well. I can remember around 2014, 2015. They beat us the year. Yeah, and then they beat us. Yeah. 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 So there's history there. And history there yeah. Another team you have history with the Pats. And for me, that was a statement. That was a statement victory. The, the score you put on them and just. Uh, the performance as a whole in the quarter-final. Yeah, I suppose the Pats, as you said, there's just history and tradition there with the Pats, you know, and it's just, it's kind of as well, like, the, the way the championships run off, I think you were saying, like it's, it was six weeks or so between the, the group stages, there's a lot too long of a gap, but, you know, we were itching and ready to go for that game, and, you know, as soon as that was turned up, I think we started well in the game, and then, all of a sudden, they, they, sucker, they sucker us with a goal and a point or something. And then you looked around, and then you know, we looked at our forwards and he turned it on like you know, I think two five or two six, whatever, probably before half time. And then that was it. Then 
if that's a big push in any game you know, just kept them down the second half just played the game out you know you kind of know then like you kind of sense it then you think oh things are going right here as a group you get that sense yeah when when you're able to like when you come up against that like uh, i suppose adversity when they sucker punch you when you think you're playing well and then someone goes ahead goal and point out another you think right geez are we on the ropes but when you you see how quick the lads can turn it on and turn that game on its head you know then right, we're ready for what's going to come further on down the line that's when you're thinking we have the players the boys are ready it'd be more so if you're struggling you know you'd be thinking what's this the year but the lads were able to quickly turn it on yeah and do you find now you've seen the game from say back in 08 your first your first kind of Joe Ward you've seen how the game has evolved even in loud yeah it's definitely evolved like football is I suppose it's cyclical you know it's it's around I suppose the 2010 was the end of I suppose the expanse of football 2011 12 13 you're coming into that swarm of defensive teams you know flipping them back and football then kind of changed and i suppose it got it came into loud football around that time and it wasn't really suited to us so it took us a while to get the grips with that that type of play and now you can see more and more teams are starting to come out and open up more to stand i suppose to walk to our advantage again that's the way i would see it so it's kind of come full circle i suppose from when i first started yeah yeah, yeah. in the middle of it there was that defensive stuff and you know we took our time to get the, the grips with it basically Rob, then your role as a forward in that team. What? Yeah, so I suppose it's similar enough to most wing forwards and goodies. To do a bit of defensive duties as well. Like I would have started out originally more closer to goal. It's probably a bit more enjoyable in there, but uh, yeah, it just comes a part of parcel playing the wing like you do have to do a bit of donkey work to get the likes of crossing keys on the ball further up the pitch. Like, that's just what you have to do for a team. Kind of designating them and having yeah. your shooters close to goal. And then you have Carl Abax going up and getting the odd point. You've got a couple of points on the way on the way up to the, the final. We won't talk about the final goals, yeah. But yeah, uh, you've got I think we scored another game. I'd actually always tell them training starting. I see that would be the thing. Like me and Rob, we'd be seeing who could score most. I think I tipped out Rob. I have this. I have this. I have the stats here. I have the stats. I'll check them there in a minute. But uh, you go, you go down, and then to have such a good performance against the Pats, you're probably flying and training, and then you hit Clotterhead. Was that a, was that an unexpected performance? Yeah, well, I suppose it was expected in terms. Clare Head were going to come out and throw everything at us, and that they've been building on a the squad there for the past two or three years, and it really came to flourish this year. It was unexpected in the sense as we went out and we didn't really put a best foot forward. Like we were trying hard now, and just things weren't working for us. But he thought it showed good character for our team that once things weren't going away, like we just kept on plugging and plugging and plugging away. Uh, I remember Claw head there through for a goal, I think. It went and wide, wide or over the bar, I think. Wide, then, yeah, wide. Yeah, and then I think uh, Hugh, Hugh came on then. And then yeah, gonna, I think it just showed good character for our team to take out such a result in tough circumstances against a very good team. Do you, do you look at each other in the field that day and you think, oh, fuck, are we gone here? Does that ever come into your mind? I don't, I I don't just, you'd ever look at yeah. each other and say you're wrong, but you'd look at each other saying, no, this isn't on, you need to, we need to raise this here. Like, we're not doing ourselves justice. Like, this is probably 10 levels. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. You did, you were, you were probably suppose, off at that. Were you I was off taking off around uh, yeah, 10, 8 minutes or so to go, you know, around that mark. You know, but 
It was probably the only time in it when we done three in a row. I know people saying we, we, we stole it from whatever, the, the jocks. In my opinion, I don't think we did. I always felt that we were going to get the jocks that day. But against Carl, the doubt did start coming a little bit there when you're thinking, Jesus, are we going to get this? I think that was more out of the three in a row. That was the closest game out of the lot. That was the one that I think we got lucky. I, yeah, think, yeah. I think we deserve to beat the jocks. I think we, we, sh we were missing so many chances. But against Clotter, we weren't even getting the chance. He's went on your day. Even you could tell from the start. Oh, he's yeah. he's weren't keeping the ball as well. He's just kind of a little bit error prone and sloppy. We didn't score for the first 25 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that we were missing. This is like when, I, when you're missing, it's all right. You think, right, we'll keep, we'll keep going. But we weren't even getting the chances. So they had us. They had, they don't, they, they, they had the home of doing us. They had the players as well to do that. They executed, I think, the perfection. I just, we were looking at the end of it all. But then, the, there must be some feeling when Andy lashed that in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long was left. I, I took the 50 and I hit that valley that I turned around. The next one right. back down, it was in the back. And I was flying into my head. I didn't know what happened. Just like, sort of like a bit like clock behind him. Alexander and I got the corner. Yeah. Because like, there is that sort of feeling like, got out of jail. Now we have a fine to look forward to. And it's probably easy for Smiley then in that stage. It's like, lads, we have to get the finger out here. It wasn't so much as that. I, I, like, I thought we were going well. I was trying to get fines, but I knew, I knew coming into Marion's game that we were going to come out of rocks. It wasn't going to happen. So there's no That's way it was happening to me. So we were going to start fast. And I knew it was going to like everyone was right. Like, we were going to come flying out. Because I remember, I remember interviewing Smiley before the game for the paper, and I think John, I picked up, you were talking to Colin Corrigan. And I was talking, I don't know who else on the video, maybe it was Keys. And I could tell, I could sense it in you that you were, you were pissed off over last year, the way it was, the way it was put out there, you robbed the jocks. Yeah. You were after even saying it there, John. And it was like, yeah. it was it was nearly, it was an easy final to go into because you were, although you just went to the underdogs, you were written off. You have 12 months of, yeah, you want to set the record straight. It was kind of like a little to that, like, you know, and I suppose I, Andy and Judge were kind of talking about it after the game, you know, and they went to, and they were caught, like, you know, I think yourselves or a few of them were asked, and we stole it from the, from the like, it was put to them straight away that it was a steal, you know, but uh, I don't think it was a steal, as I said, the way I felt during the game, I felt we were always in that game, and I was always there for us, we put them under serious uh, pressure, and we wanted to go out and right the wrongs, you know, uh, or whatever was been said of that narrative of the story, that they weren't a better team than us, that we were a better team and that we deserved to win that game and we were going to show it again that we were going to win it. And I suppose when you really knew was when the game got called off, we had a game that Sunday morning between ourselves, like down in that blues pitch, like, and the intensity was just was frightening, it was the biggest intensity I've ever seen. In, but also everybody was raring to go even the Sunday before but I knew that day then coming off that we were going to win after that session on the Sunday morning the week before so yeah yeah so the game was off yeah just so to have it on record the game was called off like nearly 26th hour how were you told or how was it put to you what's that for I think it was a players group chat I think uh, yeah. was it Jamie Kelly one lad screenshot a tweet from the GA okay that's how you found out we were a bit sceptical, thought he was going to take him to make, and then, you know, yeah, it unfolded, and then got an official text then off management saying game's off, so, yeah, that was how we found out anyway. Well, we, like, I was lying down with the little fella, and, uh, you know, I wasn't looking at the phone, you know, just trying to sound out, you know, 
And then I picked up the bike, I went away into the car and I looked, saw the 40, what's going on here? And I looked, I couldn't believe the game was off, you know. It was, I don't know, as, as I said, like we played the Gales in two years before that and the conditions were 100% worse, 100%. Even though it was just non-stop rain, even through the game, so I don't know why the county board called that off. It was a, a fire somewhere. Really. And there was, no, uh, there was no injuries, no lads got an extra week rest? Or did it, did it bode well the delay? Or... I suppose in terms of that session on the Sunday morning, it was very intense, but it was also a good bit of crack. So we were playing, like, let's say, the game 15 on 15, though, under the conditions. Conditions were very bad on the foot, so like, there was a few lads like, did not, not okay, having right. a hop at each other, but more just having a bit you know, off the ball kind of things. I heard there was a bit of uh, the captain. Yeah, so the captain might have got his hands on a certain player. There was a few the lads week, now. The week before. I'd say throughout. No comment. Uh, yeah. There's a good <laughs> few instances now, but I mean, it, it, I think it shows well, very well in the team that they can happen in training just because the intensity is so high and then literally once training's over, you're in the dressing room, you're having to crack with the lads, you know. Like, that's that. You know, everyone wants to get on the team. That's why emotions would be high as such. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to uh, Colm Nally there on LMFM recently. And he was saying that the highlight for him being a part of the management group <coughs> um, was that he felt that he was out Fox the year before. And this year he kind of was very happy with how he kind of changed things up for the final and got everything, nearly the matchups right for the game. Did you, was there a lot of preparation in terms of. Um, I think Colin, Colin, like all of us, Colin's one of the best kind of coaches in the country and luckily enough he's from our club and he's been nice playing with us and he's happy to be involved which is great for us. Like. But throughout the year he's always looking for those 1%. It's just something different that like you can have in your mind like might never happen but if that scenario suddenly comes along then it, that it's an option to use something like that then, then use it but at least like I don't I think the way he looks at it that if you haven't practiced it in training that's not going to suddenly happen on the pitch really. like, so he really just covers nearly every base which is really good for us and, and the training with him is so enjoyable like there's no heavy run with him like it's all ball or high intensity drills it is a heavy run to me Rob unless you see Fergal running around with a few comments then you know you're in trouble um, but yeah no, it's, it's really good to have him on the and I suppose one of the things that worked was the matchups and Alan you're a big part of that, that matchup that nearly Swung the game. You were in cornerback most of the year, and then you you're for, like you pick up own you're, you're signed to pick up own Callahan. Callow's kind of playing a deep sweeper role for them, and you go straight up and pick him up. When when was that forged? Or when was that? How was that put to you? I suppose that it, it was originally we trained the Thursday, so it was meant to be four days before the game, which then we had the week week and a half to go and think about it. So like on the Thursday once I was told, I was obviously thinking I played with Callum, played with him and played against him throughout the year, so I knew what kind of a player is. John like yeah. if you give him the time and space he'd conduct the whole game himself and he's a very good player. So I knew like I wasn't hundred percent saying, Right, my game's done, I'm gonna take him. I was saying draw and play my game. But once I don't have the ball or once I'm out of the game, I'm looking for him and trying to you know, disrupt him as much as I can from playing his game. And I thought, like, if we'd done that, we'd have a very good chance of winning the game, as I think he's a massive part in their yeah, team. Yeah, and, and like you say, it was that, was that your, your first goal. You completely, you drifted in behind everyone. I don't even think the Blues players knew you'd defend <laughs> that position. But it was kind of, Callow was expecting you to mark him. And you, like you say, you disrupt him and you drift in and you pick up 
pick up the ball in the Crawley yeah, United end. You got, yeah, I suppose it does. Uh, it's just one of those moments you ever like. You'd see them on TV. Where you just once you're playing the game, you never think you'd just find that space, and then you kind of let's say drift off to play and make a run around, and you realise you're in 20 yards of space. I mean, it was early in the game. Yeah, going yeah. for goal, you know, if I missed, right, so be it. I had another 50 minutes to make up for it, but thankfully it went me way. And I suppose with a, with a couple of the matchups, like I'd say Colin was alluding to, was for me, like going through the thing, Conor Brannigan didn't start all year in the championship. Paul Moore didn't start any, he started, I think, the first game again, the Mockers, and he comes in and starts in the final. Like, there's a few balls he moves there, yeah. like. I think Ian actually had like, a bad injury. Yeah, 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 it was actually part of my thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> training the week. It, uh, it was the week, it was so the two sun, weeks before. It was two weeks yeah. before, it was the week before. Right, the, right, okay. Game. We both went up for a ball, but I came down top of him and ended up straining his hamstring. So I'd say that was probably more than force for me. Right. Um, I remember Brannigan, and I think Brannigan was adding like he's one of the best weapons in Kenneth as well. He was strong and powerful. It was just, didn't, probably wasn't that at all. Yeah, like he wasn't. He was not always there. Like he does twenty four hour shifts at the army, and then he was with Laird for a bit. So, like, so he was probably just coming into it at the right time. When, uh, we got to the county final, and then uh, you go two five to no score up after sixteen minutes. And John, you're thinking, <laughs> we have this. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking. I suppose you are thinking you have this. I suppose we, we built up a couple of those leads throughout the championship, and you're like, well, we play it out as is, kind of like the way the Gales went the first year we won the tr of the three, and we kind of just keep them at arm's length. They chip one, two, three off then just before half time, and yeah, you're, kind yeah. of, you're kind of going, right, well, you're taking an eight point lead at half time. Yeah, it's not by any time off for that, and chance that if you're told it's that game. So we're coming out, you're regrouping, and we felt the game start getting a bit scrappy and things like that, but even then, come near the end, it was still 6-7 in it, coming into the minute two to go, injury time, and then all of a sudden, you know, then Sam comes up with, you know, a couple of tons of, basic tons of on the like, well, you know, yeah. just he does what he does, one, one, whatever he scored, and then he misses another one, so. Yeah, he just at the end, yeah, yeah. There that can punish it, you know, and I suppose our biggest downfall of all that was that we didn't kick on the scoring from Yeah, I was talking to Judge after, and he was, yeah, like he's won his fifth Joe Ward as well, and he's pissed off though about the second half. Yeah, the way he's tailed off. We kind of, yeah, we kind of, as I said, we just kept him at arm's length. We, we didn't, we tail off in an attacking sense, do you know, you know, that type of way. It's kind of, you know, we we're just keeping him away. But we didn't go for it. We didn't go forward and say, yeah. "Let's kill this." We've loads in tank, and then obviously the players, as I said, like Sam, that can just hit one, two, one, three on the bounce, you know. And he did do that, and then all of a sudden you're looking at the scoreboard, and it's only one score game. And, yeah. You know, and Rob, you you kept the scoreboard ticking over. Two points, second half. First score um, of the game, yeah. actually, as well. Yeah, it was just when I got to, I remember in the second half, I thought nearly potentially a goal was on, but I, tap, I just said I'd tap it over because I knew like, yeah. that we just needed to get a score. Like, cause, like we can get every, every point from the matter to our scale. Like, we just need to keep it going. And, like, a point will demoralise them. If we go for the goal and it doesn't work out, so it works back on us. Like, so, yeah. Just thought it was important to try and keep the scoreboard ticking, and then even that second point, I didn't even want to hit the free. But the ref was uh, keys at Danny was back, and there's only 14 yard line, he'd been injured. And the ref was saying, If you don't hit now, throwing it up, okay, right, so right. I ended up hit it quickly, and luckily, went over, right? Because, and um, with that, like, very close, like, Sam guessed that at the end. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That was our own, like, not our own fault. Credit has to go to Mons. The boys are coming back into the game and keep plugging away. Like, a lot of teams would have just given the ghost up, you know, but they kept going and kept going. Our own selves, we've been thinking we should have kicked on more. He's kind of, he's kind of went along with the kickouts in the second half. I remember, I remember, it was, I think it led to one of the points before half time, a short kick out from Jay. Yeah. And Smiley is going. Awol below me here on the on the on the sideline. He's like, kick it long, kick it long. He's kind of went longer than the second half. That maybe fed into the jocks. Probably maybe slightly risk averse approach. That as long as you don't do anything stupid, hopefully you're enough to keep them in like, like Yeah, yeah. Kick out. I think they caught us. What happened was they caught us on our two short kickouts. Yeah. And because we had a bit of a cushion, Jay didn't want to go for that, I think. Um, go for that shot again. Just so I know what, just uh, smiley's probably time. Just kick it on. So it kind of, you know, you play the game as it is and you get caught in two minds. Players are wanting different things to happen and other people are looking on, trying to give other opinions. And it's just, just in that moment, we kind of got caught up in things. And we st they got the run on us, but we always have to prepare for them to get a, to their spot. Like we got our spot. Yeah, yeah. And just weather, I suppose, at that yeah. stage. to see the game out, game management. Yeah. But um, the funny thing, I don't know whether you know was or even if you keep a program after the game, there's 34 players listed that day, and there's one man that wasn't listed. His name isn't on the program. You were wearing number seven, but you weren't Caleb McKenna that day. Yeah, I don't know what Alan, there. You, was that was that um, was that, uh, that by design or by accident? That happened the year before as well. Uh, yeah, no, I have I have the one before. The, well, year before. It was I don't think the whole way up to the final road. then, anyway. Right. Somebody must have it in from the club with the admin that yeah. doesn't put his name in. I think out of all the two years playing championship, I'd say it made it into about two programmes. The little paper ones, that's about it. Like. I, like, I can see that now, say, in the years to come, they'll be like, they'll be looking at the, the programme say, Alan Connor didn't play that game. <laughs> but you did play and you got man of the match. Yeah. That was nice. Actually, uh, you're doing them cool camps in the summer there. And last summer, I remember, I forget which camp was that. I started knowing the kids and the... Uh, he asked me who did I play for and I told him the Blues or whatever. He goes, oh, did you win the championship? I was like, oh, did, yeah. He went home that day and he came back in with the programme. So like, nah, you're not <laughs> into me, you're not in this programme. <laughs> <laughs> he got me out there anyway. <laughs> Class. And then, do you think three in a row straight away after? Do you think, that's, do you think, or do you just think you're glad to win another Joe? probably, yeah, just another Joe. Like, being greedy, like trying to get as many as you can. But. I don't think you really think three in a row or two in a row or anything like that. It's just about winning the championship. And then at that stage, then like, what's the crack like afterwards? Do you, uh, do you have a routine now? Is it? Well, uh, my routine has always been into the Oratli straight after. Anyway, I suppose with the other with the other statements, we'd be in the Oratli clubhouse for a few drinks straight away, and then down to Garvey straight after that for the meal. And, Crack on from there, yeah. The young lads then keep it going for a bit longer than I, I was. I was in the Rattlies <laughs> this year, so I must have won the Alder Yeah. <laughs> like, is, is it go for a couple of days? Uh, when do you come to Nolan's? When is. Yeah, Travel's the party monster. So uh, I really know. Think around. Nolan's on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. It goes on for a few days, and then it goes on for a few weekends after as well, John. <laughs> Just not even organised, you just go out for a few points and let's say certainly maybe a week after, two weeks after and sure like ends up 1500 lads are in the pub but the Joe Ward was up here a few times just totally not organised yeah, yeah. you know just pure coincidence and they always end up being good nights out so they do. Brilliant and then a couple of days later the main man decides to step away, 
now that he has stepped away, he can spill the beans on Ronan Smiley Phillips. It's the only dirt he's can put out in the airwaves. I think Rob had a good story there. Fantastic on the pallet. I don't know. I have, I have too much respect for Smiley. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hang about the jury, I don't think. He'd hang you out the bro. Oh, I know he would. I know he would. Nah, look. Smiley, I suppose, is phenomenal. Loads of respect for Smiley. You know, he's a great man. Uh, I suppose, great character as well. Over, I suppose I would have started coming into the team with a couple of the other boys when Smiley was playing. So he had a hard, hard task in that sense, you know, being able to turn around to a couple of us and. You're not playing this week, or you need to up or whatever. So I, I always had that. You know, he has a tough job in that sense. Like Jimmy, there is like his friends as well outside the football. So he, he had a tough job. And, you know, it, you know. So it was a bit, it was a bit weird, you know. And then like we would have been the ones going off at Smiley in championship game. You'd win a championship game, and if another one next week, no going out for drinks, and Smiley be the one leading the charge. Right, you know? right. He's the one trying to curtail the young lads. <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny in that way, you know. He's quite, he is quite understandable, like, lads of boys outside of football as well. Like, lads of work or there's something on, like. Yeah, I think he's great. All these during the year, lads, most of the lads always go to EP, like. It's not really a problem, like, once you're not taking that. Like, he, he was crafty as a player, I remember, like, as playing again and he's very crafty like what what is he like what's his special attribute as a manager is it that man management yeah, I, think it is the, uh, I think he is a great people manager yeah like well, I suppose for myself just kind of stepping up the first year you know he really did look after me gave me plenty of chances and opportunities and same as Rob saying like say if I was in college or working or saying Rob working John working or going out or whatever like John you know, really does cater to you for the best and gives you plenty of opportunities really looks after your best interests, not just in terms of football. And what's, what's the dynamic then? Like there's, Fer there's Fergal, there's Ogie, there's Keith, there's Gino, there's um, Darren. Like is he, he's the boss, is he? Colm as well, as we mentioned it's, previously. It's not really know that he's, he's the boss. He, obviously, he, it's his say then on the team and not being picked and he'd probably he have more, I suppose, football and experience than some of them. But you mentioned before Colm came in, like, you know, his, a kind of his philosophy really is you know, it has to be player led as well. You know? So you have to have players willing to want to come to training and want to play and want to win. He's not, he wouldn't have it like that dictatorship or come here, come here. So it's kind of like what the lads do, like as Rob said, he is understanding when I have to go away for a month, I have to go away for a few weeks, or a few couple of lads want to go to electric picnic. He's accommodating and all that because he knows everyone has to enjoy themselves and then they have to want to come back there and play. So that's kind of a style. Keep everybody happy. Let them do the things where they're going overboard and then I'm away for two months and then I'm going to electric down. So then it's okay, you draw a line there with that player. So it's kind of keeping everyone happy. Let them have their personal life, but also they have to be willing to put the work in. That's his philosophy. And how will he be remembered then? Three in a row. That's how he wants to be remembered. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he will be remembered. Never lost the championship match as a manager. No. <laughs> Carter Donnelly in there as well. Yeah. I suppose that's just going to finish up with more than more than your time tonight in Nolan's here. I'd like to thank Roland the whole lot the whole crew for sponsoring tonight's uh, podcast. What's, what's your moment of the year, lads? I'll start with you first, Alan. I suppose uh, probably my moment of the year would be the championship final, but not during the game or after the game. I remember uh, just during the warm-up and everyone was just bouncing off the ground. I remember doing a shooting drill. It was the three-man weave where you break up and you take a shot. I remember I took a shot out on the right and I think Ross went through in the middle. 
and we kind of just ended up going behind the net to pick up the balls at the same time. And I remember just turning around and I'm like, oh yeah, Joe, feeling good today, feeling good. It's like, oh yeah, Joe, this is the day. And yeah, we went out and but, Joe played well as a yeah, team. Yeah. It's just, just the whole feeling that warm, you just knew that we were going to go out and do it. I suppose, yeah, just that feeling in general is probably the best moment of the year. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the moment of the year, like in terms of like when I thought it was, it was the Sunday before when it was called off, and we had to go down and train and basically play the muck 15 and 15. And Colin Malley, to be fair, let things go, and we kind of took lumps out of each other. And, you know, the intensity that day was frightening. Like, we just thought then, like, this is the best we've been over the three years, that we're ready for this now next week. So I suppose, write that, rewrite that narrative. You know? But then, I suppose, the whole joy of it all, you know, I suppose being a part of the Blues and I suppose being involved with Latin men that have invested their time into training and culture over the years and then lads that you've soldiered on the field when, when the, the whistle goes and they're all on the field with you. I suppose you're looking back and all that and they're all celebrating with you. That's kind of the moment when you realise, you know, this is the blues, this is a big thing, you know, and this is, you know, really the best, that's probably the best moment of all in the year. We're just there with all the, everybody involved with the club. Keep it around to the Rob? Yeah, it's probably hard to say at an exact moment. You know, from the last few years, it's nearly those few minutes on the pitch after the final whistle moves that you're just elated and all your friends and family are about. It's just a mystery moment to have them with your teammates. It's sort of after that, it's gone. Like, yeah, yeah. Once you leave the dressing room, you go to the pub or wherever you go for food, it's just sort of gone then. Like, you don't have that moment again. I can't, I can't leave. Without one last question, there's a certain 61 to 64 Blues team that done four in a row. Will I be back here next year again? Hope so, yeah. He's God, yeah. Hope so. We'll do anything when the sun shines, Dan. <laughs> Brilliant, lads. Thanks very much for doing Cheers, that. Cheers. That was Thank the you, Loud and Proud Newtown Blues Glory Days podcast brought to you by Nolan's Pub and Bar. Thanks very much. Cheers, lads. All right, thanks, Dan. That was the story behind the 2019 Loud Senior Champions, the Newtown Blues. A remarkable side. The three in a row went inside. The side that equaled the great Cootie kick of his team in the 70s. Bridging a 41-year gap. In the pod, there was great insight to how that was achieved and the man that was behind it all, Ronan Smiley Phillips. The Blues manager that was never beaten in a championship match. The lads gave a real essence of the long-standing winning tradition that occurred in Newfoundland. Well, the youngster, Alan Connor, striving just to get him to the side. The humility of Rob Carr, remembering the relegation playoff a few years previous. And to round it all off, you have John Commode, the big midfielder mocked by the Elder Bluesman with the plethora of Joe Ward medals. So you can see just why, despite having five, he wants more. 23 and counting. Glory days indeed. Oh, and for the record, Rob Carr did outscore Allen that season, 1-4 to 1-3. The wing forward outscoring the cornerback. Thanks again to the boys and the kind sponsor, Nolan's Bar on the Cord Road, to making the Newtown Blues 
loud and proud glory days podcast hurry out do get in touch and subscribe to loud and proud on soundcloud and follow on all social media channels goodbye and thank you once again for listening to the loud and proud podcast <laughs>